out there in dreamland this is rumors of war 1987 thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for all your viewership 
your continued support and your subscriptions to this channel. Thank you for supporting uh, my comment with your like, uh, my content with your likes and leaving comments. It definitely helps me out. Like, let's get into it because we got a lot to talk about this installment, and we're going to talk about the ancient mystery, the ancient mystery religion, and the secret space program. How those two are intertwined and how those two things are related through their various aspects. All right, let's go. So this is the third age. Species like the other intelligent species like the Orion Draco, who would specifically have dominion over us for several of the ages of our incarnation and also are the chief responsible uh, for genetically altering humanity as well as perpetuating myths of disempowerment and agendas of antagonistic uh, spiritual intent and attempts to uh, dominate humanity and get us to voluntarily submit to their uh, dictates and to their agendas, to their desires, you know, to satisfy them and uh, to serve them, to be servile, um, sycophantic, if you will. Uh, our species, though, is radically independent and um, unique to all intelligent life in that we are rapidly ascending the evolutionary ladder and have an innate ability to educate ourselves, to learn and to grasp uh, metaphysical concepts in a religious uh, sense and to get them as uh, one would say download information from a cosmic ether or be communicated to by uh, spiritual entities or gods we are allowed to communicate with higher dimensional beings or they are able to communicate with us um, given our behavior or actions and our abilities in this 3d life so what i'm saying is uh Unlike other species which have to spend entire lifetimes on this incarnation cycle to gather enough spiritual uh, you know, awareness and power and ability of mastery, enough experience to, to kind of start affecting life, we can do so excessively quick, incredibly quick, within one lifetime, going from literally infants to uh, seemingly dynamos of both uh, spiritual and physical energy as well as able to uh, going from someone who is unable to decipher uh, you know colors and to someone who is able to make amazingly intricate uh, mental um, feats of strength feats of you know accomplishment of intuition and uh, and rationality and uh, the ability to create formulaic thinking and the ability to create symbolic thought and the ability to create, um, you know, the the inventive, innovative processes of thought, the abilities of the mind that kind of bridge the gap between mortal and God, uh, that which we inherited from our true creator, the creator of all life, the Brahma spirit, the spirit of the one true God, the one true intelligence, which self has fractured uh, a billion, billion folds into different incarnations of existence, uh, themselves characterized as the intelligent life typically found and associated with both in the SSP and in the spiritual realms, in the, in the realms of this world and this plane. 
one encounters during a species' attempt to attain nirvana and enlightenment. Many of these natural and organic encounters are beneficial. Uh, many who follow that na uh, natural uh, shamanic path can tell you that the universe itself is providing um, the tools necessary to cultivate a true shamanic journey into evolution. Um, but, you know, that's a personal issue. These things, though, when in abundance, when, when encountered and adopted in abundance, can create entire civilizations to arise, entire communities to ascend, entire uh, communities to become enlightened. And um, this such a phenomenon that humanity has, that humanity can fundamentally ascend as one in a community, one in a society, and collectively progress, collectively embrace pro uh, pro progressive thought and uh, progressive attitudes, as well as uh, technological innovations and uh, feats of engineering. So the society that is most crucial to the formation of the SSP in this our fifth age was society that formed right after the fall of the third age in the fourth age and a society we know as ancient Greece specifically the Minoans we have many different names and we have kind of uh, convoluted the history of the ancient Greeks. So I'm just going to simplify it and call every civilization arising from these, uh, the Penapl uh, the, the, uh, the, the Greek Isles, um, and that, that area between Turkey and, uh, Europe in that kind of area, um, that Mediterranean era, I'm going to call ancient Greeks. That's the important thing to understand is that this is an ancient Greek-derived Mediterranean seafaring culture and a seafaring civilization that arose seemingly overnight without any precedent. And uh, seemingly like the Babylonians and the Sumerians uh, had all these uh, technological relics and abilities to engineer and construct, uh, you know, call it... Uh, Parthenons and temples and cities, uh, ability to organize and run them, uh, organize religions and, and establish national identities, establish tribal identities, uh, amazing technology, the ability to fabricate and create vessels as well as pilot and operate them safely and securely across open, uh, vast amounts of open water, including the ability to cross oceans themselves with enough uh, supply and motivation. These ships eventually were adopted all over the world uh, for their abilities, for their extreme uh, capabilities and durability. And they were uh, the ships that most famously became known as the Viking uh, Longboat. And so arguably are the ship designs they created in ancient Greece are the same that uh, found and discovered the New World. So they were completely able to cross the Atlantic Ocean as well as venture on any seas in any weather. And they, um, you know, had grandiose designs for these, setting their sights uh, for versatility as well as, a, uh, you know, extreme opulence and um, ability. And so every part of the New World was accessible to them. Now, we understand ancient Greece as operating on the eastern coast of the Mediterranean, 
but really they operated as far west as the edge of Europe and the western coast of Africa, including even further west into the Azor Islands and um, the Canary Islands, as well as far west even still to the Caribbean, the New World, including the coasts of Brazil, Venezuela, Colombia, Panama, Central America, Mexico, and the southern coast of the United States, as well as including getting as far north as the northeast of the United States, the New England area. They um, quickly established dominance through their discipline, and it's basically a, a uh, proof of method in their, in their early skirmishes and the early warfare. They didn't annihilate their enemies, but yet this discipline, determination, and organization that they had acquired through uh, mandatory military service in their city-states allowed them to survive any natural disaster, and thus it was much more attractive of philosophy to embrace than the local uh, disorganized hunter-gatherer and small village uh, type social caste, social systems they had. So quickly they persuaded through the use of oration and through the use of debate um, a pan-Atlantic empire, which would become known as Atlantis. And because no uh, natural disaster could destroy them, and they could easily uh, access any part of their empire with military forces drawn up from a complex system of alliances and politics and a, a true Athenian democracy. Um, the ancient Greek model of uh, society quickly arose into a unified empire of Atlantic originating Mediterranean peoples called Atlantis. This would be a civilization that did not have a single capital, even though I do believe they did have a capital of, uh, of free-floating structures, like a primitive uh, series of oil rigs that they survived on in the sea. But they basically became um, masters of this world due to metallurgy and due to the embracing of technology, due to the embracing of discipline and this identity of a greater federated system, a greater federal government in which all the different tribes of a specific nation would function under one unified flag due to allegiance and political um, affiliation and basically real politic, real science. This would become the backbone, the canvas for which the cult of the Atlantean Empire would form because the one thing they did to establish their supremacy, being human and being basically in the, uh, the fourth age, which was right after the fall of Nimrod's world empire, which was based on the ley line system, as they went to war. They went to war against the other powerful usurping tribes of Nimrod's old empire, his old generals that were fighting for independence and fighting for dominance and to establish their petty empires. And they quickly dominated, they quickly killed and murdered and enslaved every established kingdom that they came across. Ironically, very little of their recorded history is left, and whatever is left is quickly secured by the established powers that they that they exist in the forms of today. That they're hiding their own government, they're hiding their own existence. But their enemies clearly tell of the Sea People during the Late Bronze Age. The Late Bronze Age was a um, soft apocalypse situation in which 
the majority of civilized communities, civilized, urbanized societies that were starting to call themselves empires and monarchies uh, were collapsed and attacked in decades of prolonged, sustained wars of attrition, total wars against communities, wars of survival. Um, this is best known in the Israelite purge of Joshua against the Canaanites. This is an interpretation of it, a, a retelling of the history of the long march that the Atlantean, Mediterranean, ancient Greek peoples, specifically headed by the Minoans, or what we know as the Minoans, the cult of the black bull, um, ransacked and sieged and destroyed every society on the Mediterranean coast in a crusade of violence and fire to acquire human slaves to satiate their labor needs and to unify their peoples under one banner of victory. This mentality of tribal conquest to increase one's uh, sense of invulnerability and one's sense of purpose and national identity is one of the key defining factors of the ancient Greek mindset, the Atlantean mindset, the Atlantis mindset that has carried over to the SSP today, to the current SSP. The current secret space program, especially Solar Warden and Atlantis Rising, operate under a, a guidance of uh, tribal conquest, tribal dominance, and tribal uh, uh, um, um, assimilation. <clears throat> so that there's not one specific identity or location that one can centralize and, and destroy or target or focus on or concentrate on. It is a combination of every successful idea and religious philosophy, um, social philosophy, hard science, uh, political science, uh, everything from fashion to entertainment, um, everything that they encounter, they assimilate and pragmatically uh, choose survivors based on efficiency and efficacy. Like if it works, it survives. If it doesn't, it's destroyed. All um, tribal identifiers that restrict assimilation are taboo and destroyed, while all uh, tribal signifiers that uh, show syncretized uh, or yeah, synchronicity in belief, uh, syncretism in belief, uh, acceptance of a, a diverse culture. What we need know now is politically correct, the PC culture mindset of acceptance. That was the ancient Greek mindset because they were cosmopolitan. They were citizens of a greater empire and did not want to offend any other member, uh, equal member of that empire for the sake of the unity, for the sake of the strength of their empire. This is known as fascism. I know it's contradictory to thought, but the ancient Greek model of thought became the ancient Roman model of thought. And those two nations were nations of merchants, natures of worldly people, slaves, freed slaves, uh, travelers, um, you name it. But they were free people, and the freedom was enforced through a social contract of both government and state service, sacrifice to the state, and sacrifice for the community. And that community included all your other free members of society, regardless of their race or their gender. Or regard so, women had power, men had power. It was all done through a very politically disciplined system.
this was the around 2000 BC that they were perfecting this. This is when Atlantis was in its heyday. <clears throat> and so other societies volunteered, volunteered to assimilate. Other societies saw the ancient Greeks as a godsend, as uh, finally the birth of a true civilization, while other kings and or other uh, powers and organizations of interest, such as other rival uh, tribes and etc., saw the Atlanteans as the greatest threat to the known world, viewed them as attacking and trying to take over the world in the name of their very uh, specific and, um, I guess you would call it, uh, incarnated spiritual practices. Um, they were in faced with technologies, for example, because the Atlanteans were embracing technology. They were embracing uh, engineering. They were embracing uh, taboo relationships. They were embracing uh, what people would call a very hedonistic lifestyle. Um, what was one of their biggest selling points, one of their greatest uh, conversion points of the full acceptance of any vice and, uh, and a land of plenty, a land of thriving uh, bounty. Uh, became also one of their uh, biggest calling cards. A, a addiction to entertainment, an addiction to uh, excitement and um, uh, distraction of the circus, uh, the addiction to show, the addiction to extravaganza, and also the titillation of sexuality, the embracing of sexuality, and uh, the fascination and addiction to it. Almost all of their art and intellectual material that they left behind for us to inherit showcases them and their beauty. It's very vain. It's very vainglorious. Yeah, it showcases their sexual prowess, their sexual desirability, their attractiveness, their sexual confidence. Uh, they themselves were very empowered. Women were very ostentatious, showing... Um, uh, showing themselves topless in social gatherings and functions boldly and courageously uh, accepting and embracing themselves as uh, desirable um, uh, high-ranking members of status in society. Um, they were also very into eugenics and entire civilizations were geared to studying and understanding genetics studying and understanding uh the medical arts studying and understanding uh safe birth control safe uh, parenthood uh, planned parenthood and the delivery of children they became very fascinated with the uh you know purity of not purity of blood in a negative sense but the idea of uh creating eugenics in its most defined sense that you're helping society through carefully manicured and cultivated uh, breeding programs within society, but it's not enforced uh, against someone's will. It was accepted and voluntary so that they became uh, known as the lottery. And Atlantis was really big on dating and really big on um, cultivating and expressing uh signs of wedded bliss uh sexual experimentation sexual liberation um and this quickly spread like wildfire through the idea of the amazonian the idea of the independent uh, feminine spirit the the empowered feminine 
and it's a big part in Atlantis society or Atlantean society that women can achieve statuses equal to men. They're not submissive to men. They're very dominant to men. Very important in the SSP. For many commanding officers in the modern SSP are females. They're, they're women. They are, uh, you know, cold and, and brought from birth, drafted from birth for their abilities and confidently uh, helming positions of authority. And throughout the fleet in various and almost universal amounts of specialties, like everywhere SSP exists, you're going to find women in positions of authority, as well as uh, positions of labor and uh, positions of technical specialty. But let's get on with the point of the ancient uh, Greeks. So the, as Atlantis developed, uh, other nations started to develop too. Those specifically not in direct uh, reach of Atlantis, so they were able to survive, because the world is quite a large place. Um, but eventually, these civilizations would be so advanced and so populated that war between them would be inevitable. Um, like I said, Atlantis was located near the Azures. It was mostly a series of floating, uh, free-floating uh, buildings, and thus their capital was a def was basically like a naval engagement. It was like a naval organization. These buildings were known as ships. They were pilot had ship captains. Everything was a local militia, et cetera, et cetera. Trade was bountiful. Trade was plentiful, and they survived in a state of wealth never before seen, known to humanity. This was. Um, an issue, though, because they were existing over volcanic fault lines. A volcano, basically, was in the heart of their homeland. Um, not this capital city that was floating, but in their real homeland, their ancestral homeland of Crete and Minos. And so, basically, when that went off, when that exploded and sent a tidal wave across the eastern Mediterranean, that section of empire was lost. The population became refugees. Many of their low-lying cities were flooded, and they went further west, uh, cultivating and collecting in the floating city of Atlantis, using that as a staging base of operations, and spreading both north and south. But their southern expanse ended in uh, around Argentina, while their northern expanse got as far as Mount Maru, and what we would consider the North Pole, the four floating separate islands. It's unclear if they were able to colonize immediately, given the harsh environment, but they were definitely able to map it, and they had awareness of it. The Atlantis floating city is still existing to this day, but it's um, extremely classified, it's extremely top secret, and it's little more than a ruin, given that it is so old and given that it was, uh, you know, out in the elements of the harsh Atlantic Ocean. They have since, because they were always decentralized in power, and they don't need a specific capital city, they hearken back to it as a great uh, feat of engineering and skill, but, you know, it is 2,000 years old, and they have kind of, uh, you know, they have kind of uh, spread out and... Um, and kind of uh, dissolved into the fabric of our modern society, choosing many major urban areas to set up uh, regional governments and regional um, cults because, like I said, their activity uh, is kind of in the shadows now. It's kind of highly classified, uh, specifically because it's involved so he heavily with the SSP and because um, the SSP is so important to its uh, existence. But I digress. So continuing back on to the ancient Greeks in Atlantis, 
um, dur after the great cataclysm, they decided to build on their spirituality more, building on their spiritual sciences, building on their spiritual experiences, and their abilities to remote view and astral project. And their society, which was becoming exceedingly advanced very quickly, um, and having little to no competition directly against it, uh, the three societies of Lemuria, Mu, and Atlantis were each becoming equally advanced. Um, even though hostilities like a Cold War were beginning to uh, ferment and to become um, ever-increasing and uh, undeniable between the three nations. Um, nuclear weapons were being developed, etc., etc., and spying was rampant. Espionage was rampant. Um, they decided to... Uh, completely re-engineer their society away from the physical and into the spiritual so that their physical uh, physical um, descendants would not inherit wealth of gold and silver that could or diamonds that could easily be swept away in the whims of war or in natural disasters but in the development of their spirituality so that they would inherit books and uh, accounts of knowledge and methods and spells, basically grimoires of uh, uh, access points and the, the chakras and um, reaching the Akashic records and remote viewing astral projecting, communicating with certain higher dimensional entities that would be excessively helpful and, and uh, supportive to their efforts because they knew that war is an inevitability in mankind because there are other negative factors at play, specifically that which creates the matrix. And studying the stars, studying astrology from the vantage point of the oceans away from the landlocked and thus terrain, um, terrain fixated agricultural societies of the land they were able to see with more clarity the importance of space, the importance of travel into space, the importance of celestial bodies, and they began to piece together astrological charts, uh, astrological fortune-telling abilities, as well as understand gravitational fluctuations, uh, the importance of the magnetosphere, the existence of the atmospheres, uh, you know, limits and heights, and thus created a true breakaway civilization. These realizations of the importance of the intellectual uh, abilities, the intellect and the records of, uh, you know, the celestial cosmos and true history and inventions and things like that, um, the formulas that create society were much more important and much more important than society itself. Like I said, they really fixated on the idea of not having a central authority, not having a central leader, not having a... Uh, executive not having a central capital they believe that the many is uh you know better than the one and having the more people who have um command of this knowledge the better while still striking the balance of keeping it secret and saving their and keeping it secure only allowing those that they are approved only allowing the initiates that have uh, proven their uh discipline and loyalty uh, to the practice, thus creating the ancient mysteries, thus formulating all this knowledge, all this accounts, all this uh, uh, accrued wisdom, and into a uh, knowledge, into a sacred ancient wisdom and mystery that is only passed down between a uh, learned master and initiate and neophyte uh, throughout the generations, not leaving a physical library 
because the only a fraction of this material is written down with the entirety of it being uh intangible uh lore legend uh tribal knowledge um sacred knowledge uh basically known as the ancient mysteries what is known as the ancient mysteries and um it's been known as the five thousand year leap that once this information is downloaded once you have access to it once you're initiated and educated the term is illumination you become illuminated the, the idea of the illuminati because it is like coming from a darkness into a light and finally being able to see past the veil finally lifting the veil of the darkness that is human ignorance um into the light that is human knowledge human wisdom it is a 5,000 year leap literally within a few days, a few nights of understanding and teaching. And religious and uh, philosophy, uh, intellectual philosophy, the enlightenment process is extremely important for every single human being, regardless of their position and power, is on a spiritual journey. And thus, it's the prime motivator for every single human being, as well as intellectual uh, being in existence, every ET, every human being, to pursue the enormous amount of possible knowledge that one needs to digest, to embrace, and to experience, to fully understand this phenomenon known as life. So that we can truly have salvation in the phenomenon known as death. Because we understand that there's a binary between those two things, living and death. But that the true human experience is, is uh, one that with enlightenment, one where that enlightenment is possible. But one has to achieve it. This is the achievement of it. This is the achievement of that knowledge, the one single guaranteed way of doing it. Now, of course... This is what the ancient mysteries are known for. This is the main definition of the ancient mysteries. Is the thing which they say guarantees wisdom and salvation. But which is ultimately a sacrifice of your life, a submission of your life to the ideology of the organization known formerly as the ancient Greeks. Known currently as the Atlantis uh, ideology, the Atlanteans. And... Um, also the secret brotherhood and uh it reaches from everything from the freemasons to the oto to you know the illuminati what we know as the illuminati that's why it requires the great uh plunge the great uh willing succumbing to death the great illusion of uh self-sacrifice into the idea of becoming illumined becoming a member of light and it's a, ultimately an escape of ideolo uh, idolatry because idolatry is to hold something in authority but to not know truly why and to personify things with qualities that they do not possess because you're, you know, fabricating, you're lying to yourself um, and trying to create your own gods, gods which would satisfy your uh, own mortal needs. Um... There is no greater intellectual uh, and ideological slur or um, um, uh, curse than to call someone an idolater and to mean it because it is one of extreme um, spiritual fraud and uh, personal failure and weakness. But 
that is what is going on, what happened to the Atlanta Ensign. That's why they fell into, from power and uh, had to hide, had to go into hiding. For at one point, they are not hiding. It is in plain sight, but that people experience life with their eyes wide shut. And they choose to not see it because they are hypnotically trained not to see it. They're rewarded for not seeing the cult that's staring them right in the face. The cult of the Atlanteans, the cult of the ancient Greeks, the cult of the uh, solar bull um, manifested in this uh, great uh, empire of Atlantis, the great Atlantic Ocean Empire, uh, originating in the Mediterranean, originating in the ancient Greeks. Uh, and all its... In, it's all its uh, Incarnation, uh, yeah, in in all that which it invokes, all the invocations of that war, word and that uh, that term, the ancient Greeks, the Atlantic uh, mindset, the solar bull worship, that whole mindset, that whole way of life, that whole belief system, and that whole power structure. Um, proof that there is only one truly uh, universal culture, and that it's separated by language. Um, is rapidly suppressed whenever it's found, and it's basically treated as an open secret, uh, available for anyone who has the uh, knowledge, the intuition, and the foresight to look for it. You know, ask and you will receive. If you want to know one, ask one uh, type mentality. But um, because of their entire Atlantic Ocean stretch of territory, um, the nations that encompass this thing have just gone on to form their own transatlantic empires uh, such as NATO and the UN and uh, the United States has uh, quickly become the uh, military wing of this Atlantis mindset dominating and capturing most of uh, southern and Latin America and so ultimately out of the seven pillar communities that existed from the fall of Nimrod and his empire after the fall of the Tower of Babel um, and the, the deluge of Noah, only three cultures really survive. And I'm just using these pictures as an example, but only three survive in ideology alone. Uh, yes, you can't look at the modern world uh, archaeological records and you can't look at the, the historic records and the ruins that are there today and say, clearly this is what happened and who these people were. Uh, and these are their descendants, but you can't ideologically trace them back. You can trace back their artistic intent, their culture, their desires. You can trace back the what they identified themselves with and what they created, thus what they confessed to, what they what they valued and cherished. And those same ideals are that are are kept, they're uh, treasured, they're passed on, and this cult initiation ritual of ancient mystery religions, and they are uh, available now for anyone to discover. Just you have to look up and do the research yourself. Ancient mystery religions, uh, mythology seven; those are great sources to use. Uh, for the Sumerian, for the for the universal laws of the ancient, for the universal myths of the ancient man, um, you know you can't go wrong. Like I said, we're using these generalities and a lot of uh, specification and um, needless uh, border uh, skirmishes over issues of people and creed. But basically, the black bull, the solar bull. Apollo's bull, the Mithras, the Mithric bull, which is sacrificed, which in, uh, embodies both life and death and all things carnal, 
and uh, powerful. The time and space colliding, the O and the X, the Ox. Um, this culture is Atlantis, and Atlantis is the Black Bull. So wherever you see the Black Bull, you see Atlantis. And the United States, if you haven't deduced so far, is Atlantis. The Black Bull is everywhere in the United States. There's even a statue of it on Wall Street. Ideologically, we have preserved this nation and its peoples. But this idolatry, though, did anger their gods, did anger them, uh, their original, the Matrix, enough that it was forced into hiding. It was forced into retreat, specifically due to the direct intervention against their rulers, against their ancient kings, in the form of the natural disasters, in the form of the uh, hostile empires of Lemuria and Mu. Even though Lemuria and Mu ultimately did join them and ultimately do uh, concede in the necessity for their clandestine operations, the necessity to operate off-world in the SSP, and the ability, and the necessity for them to evolve and to change their identity to better suit uh, the 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 desires of the Feeding Matrix, because of their supposedly cursed attempts at infamy and fame. Metaphorically, King Minos, which is the creator of the Atlantean kingdom, is portrayed as a gigantic uh, Nephilim giant, as a, as a towering figure of power who has to wrestle against a snake that's equally matched against him for all eternity as a punishment and Tartarus for his uh, ambitions and his uh, warlike nature, uh, you know, conquering all the nations of uh, the Mediterranean coast and, uh, you know, issuing the great march, the great uh, collapse of the Bronze Age, the great uh, march of the sea people. The Black Bull visits people in their dreams. It's an astral traveler. It's a personification of Saturn. It's a personification of Kronos. And it's, uh, like I said, it's universal. It appears to those that it feels are its initiates, that are, it feels desire its encounter, desire its uh, domination over them. It's insemination of them because it downloads itself like a mental virus into reprogramming a person's nature and character until they best uh, uh, resemble it and thus uh, voluntarily track the journey into the path of the black bull. It's the path of this idolatry. Um, believers also believe that Moses and uh, Noah were confronting this Atlantean society both times. This Mediterranean society, both times, uh, and issuing in the great cataclysms, them being so not much not natural, but as willful curses by extremely adept and powerful um, magic users and practitioners of holy blood, of starseed blood, of uh, extraterrestrial DNA, possessing of extraterrestrial DNA. Much has been discussed about the lineage of Noah, the lineage of Moses, and the importance of this lineage even in the terms of it coming into uh, the formation of Christ, the Krishna avatar uh, that has saved and led us into uh, spiritual salvation, paying the sacrifice of his blood. But yes, this disaster was so great, it not only knocked out their homeland, their home world, uh, their original uh, country and empire, destroying all their root evidence, destroying all their records, um, it also destroyed all their neighboring colonies and all their growth and expanse, all their resorts, all their communities, which they had built uh, very foolishly and very uh, 
uh, arrogantly directly on the shore, directly on the beach, choosing not to separate themselves from the, what made them great, their ability to master the oceans. But this empire was not dead. It just simply needed to go into retreat. It needed to rest. And with all of its allies and neighbors gone and themselves destroyed, reduced to the Stone Age by this disaster, they retreated west and they basically uh, began to subdue their activities, to um, change their strategy, to change their approach to evangelizing their beliefs and evangelizing their empire and protecting it. Violence is the refuge of the incompetent. And because of this time and after the Great March of the Sea Peoples, they did not pursue crusades against countries. They did not engage in open domination or open warfare. And they relished their military actions to um, defensive and to covert means. Does not mean that they were in decline or that they were weaker. It's They just got more sophisticated and they started approaching with a much more pacifistic and much more uh, defensive mindset. A, uh, a, a war not li like no other. It was an aggressive war for domination over the world without trying to fire a single shot. This was so radically different to the spirits of this endeavor and uh, the world that the ignorant masses can quickly forget they existed because they are not constantly under their boot heel. They're not constantly getting their throats slit. They're not constantly getting their heads smashed in. Um, they're not constantly being enslaved by the ancient Greeks. So they believe that the ancient Greek mentality failed and that they are no longer in existence because Atlantis is no longer burning their coastal cities and taking their ports because they've already won them because they understand that this empire is an empire of ideology it's an empire of philosophy it's an empire of the intellect the atlantis mindset the black bull mindset is a universal mindset is a is a mindset that works off world in the astra high command and the orion draco it's what motivates extraterrestrials it's what motivates wise intellectual beings thus you know it's like a cause and effect thing the Atlantean mindset allows for technology, which allows for the SSP, and the Atlantean mindset is what the SSP embraces, thus furthering this agenda, furthering Atlantis. So in a sense, the Atlantis Empire, their territories are the largest that have ever existed because they not only extend to the known and unknown worlds, but they extend off-world to other worlds as well. This is the philosophy that was taken into space uh, for our off-world colonies on the moon and Mars and on and the meteor belts. This was the philosophy that has formed Atlantis Rising, the Galactic UN, the Galactic United Nations. Uh, this is the philosophy that has created the Pax Americana, the Peace of America, as overseen by the centuries of military domination by the United States and the outright disarming of the world around. It, as well as the uh, infiltration of every organization from the vertical to the horizontal, uh, complete control, complete spectrum control of all things uh, enforced by the military, including the uh, commands of all militaries on Earth. This was the world domination that was intended by Alexander the Great. This was the original ancient Greek mindset of ancient domination, that they were going to completely dominate the world. And he did so until his 33rd birthday, physically conquering the world. But back then, in his time, princes were initiated into the holy enlightenment of the Atlantean black bull mindset 
at the age of 33. Sound familiar? I'm not going to overtly say it because I don't want to, uh, you know, spark the ire of uh, many people. But those who are wise can kind of discern what I'm going to say is that at the age of 33, which is the ancient mystery religion's uh, most sacred age, it's the age of enlightenment, of attaining full adulthood uh, as a worshipful master, a master mason that... Uh, which also parallels the 33-degree uh, parallel, which is the, what the sun takes over Passover, and uh, the age of 33, which is what Christ uh, sacrificed himself on to uh, rip the veil of this matrix in half and uh, unite the two uh, metaverses, uh, that of heaven and that of earth. But the age of 33, he was initiated into the Black Bull religion, but he understood that his position as a world emperor was completely at odds with the goal of a secret shadow empire. So he faked his death, gave worldly authority to his seven generals, and thus he was able to rule each in the shadows covertly from his uh, capital, Atlantis, which has been known to be Alexandria. Uh, he was able to live in the, his life in the Alexander Library, committing it to knowledge, committing it to discipline, and committing it to intellectual uh, progress, uh, surrounded with a very elite cabal of engineers, scientists, philosophers, poets, etc., historians, etc., uh, you know, military council, as well as him pursuing and seeking out the counsel of as many wise men, learned men, scholars as he could, because, like I said, he dedicated his life like he would conquering the world to conquering it philosophically, conquering it intellectually, conquering it so that the Greek mindset would be as feared intellectually, as powerful intellectually as it ever could be physically physical carnal mortal empire is doomed to age and perish in time as mortal as the men who make it but to attain godhood to attain the immortality of the divine of the demigod one has to not only destroy the serpent but to implement the nature of um the nature of humanity and, and like its most exemplary and uh, pinnacle of forms, its peak of forms, um, and embrace that. Now, this is a very uh, strange thing because, yes, I'm saying the identity of the Atlantean mindset, the Atlantis rising culture, is like a divine being. It's a divine essence in itself. It's an index for beauty. It's a uh, mark for success. It's the standard which life itself has lived to. It is everything from the very smallest atom of the individual of the person to the greatest, largest example of society. Um, and that is why it is always seen as an elite achievement, as it's seen as a... A wonderful rank of distinction and prowess, an accomplishment, a celebration of the self and of the world, and uh, an award, a trophy. Um, I believe this is subliminal programming to the maximum. This is the matrix creating what it wants people to desire to the point that um, it's fixating them on it. It's solidifying them. It's like concrete. You know, it's, it's creating in stone 
the mental image that it wants them to fit, the mental identity, the identity that they themselves bring to it. So that when someone brings themselves to this Medusa lair, this, uh, that's why the Medusa is used symbolically when regarding Atlantis uh, in its Italian form, is that it's a challenge to defeat it or to be permanently cast into stone forever for all of recorded history as the individual you were when you challenged it um there is some uh, great debate whether or not the efforts of uh creating the super soldier society creating the 20 year and back creating the mass disappearances known as the 411 is a form of humanity failing of individuals failing to achieve gnosis of and failing to achieve enlightenment and their pursuit of this uh atlantis knowledge and uh dying as a result of it being killed as a result of it or being uh disappeared as a result of it either driven mad and um hidden in some mental asylum or executed uh, summarily to keep the secrets and to, you know, as a mercy kill. But it's indisputable that the oldest roots of ancient Greece and what eventually became Rome and Italy still hold an exorbitant amount of, uh, an immense amount, an enormous amount of power and prestige and authority and sway and persuasion over every single elite and aristocratic uh, element of our society internationally without question and it's all because it does not have a central capital it does not have a central landscape it does not have a central people it does not have a central creed um, it is something to attain something to aspire to something to rise to something to elevate to something to ascend to something to create to uh, to uh, you know um I don't even know. Something to travel to. Something to... It's like a Shambhala. It's like a... It, it, is, it is the true Atlantis essence. It's a mysterious lost land. And at the same time, it's more real now than it's ever been before in the history of the world. Uh, specifically because the floating city of Atlantis is being recreated by the UN, a spiritual and physical descendant of the Atlantis Empire. This is what I'm saying about the Matrix... Basically, not hiding it, being very upfront and uh, bold and courageous about its uh, demonstration of the propaganda and uh, the authority of the Atlantis uh, Empire. But at the same time, treating it as myth and legend or just, you know, shrouding it with mystery and, you know, professing an enigma which doesn't exist to create the conspiracy, to create the hype. Um, the UN is currently designing a floating city that is able to withstand the natural cataclysms that er that originally split the Atlantic Empire in two from the Mediterranean coast being destroyed um, and sending their empire into a type of physical retreat because they fear natural cataclysms more than anything else. Their priests are basically weathermen. They're agronomers. And no job is more cherished or vaunted inside the Atlantean high command, the Atlantean elite itself, than weathermen, than the people who have the ability to predict with astrological precision the an uh, ancient technology, an ancient uh, almanacs, the global disasters that are we know as natural disasters like hurricanes, typhoons, tsunamis, earthquakes, etc., and to plan for them and to try to prevent them if possible. They approach telling the weather 
with the same rigors and discipline that Romans approached functioning in war. Because everything that they exist and can be understood in their discipline and their uh, their fitness and their um, cooperation and organization, for to ease like for ease of understanding, to just generalize it, the Imperial Roman army was the most Atlantean presence, was the most Atlantean empire of their many colony states, of their many uh, vessel states, and everything the Romans did was exactly in the Atlantean mindset. This was the most outward black bull cult, uh, service to the state, lifelong dedication and sacrifice to the, the federal eagle, to uh, the republic, etc., etc. And they were extremely modernized. If you would go back in time currently, right now, to Ro ancient Rome, you would fit in. You would be surprisingly very similar to the world that we live in now. Uh, because they were that uh, close of a model to, of the Atlantic existence that our existence, which is also modeled after the Atlantic existence, are syncing up. There's a sync, uh, there's a synchronization, a synchronicity of the two cultures, like two different watches eventually telling correct time together if they both run together uh, correctly, because they're using the same uh, metric to run. They're using the same. They're running for the same purpose, running to, hopefully to read the same uh, amount of data. Uh, so over time, because this was over 1,500 years from the 2000 BCs to now, um, they eventually morphed and changed with technology and access to materials and economic hardship and yada, 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 natural environment, social environment, etc. So that the idea of the ideal type of the Roman soldier of the ancient Greeks, of the ancient Greek, is impossible really to isolate. They existed over a major spectrum of time and a major spectrum of change, uh, both positive and negative in terms of technology and uh, social situation. So it's like saying if America existed for 1,500 years old, you could picture a cowboy and that would hold true for every single period in human in American history. Or you would picture a minute man or you would picture a guy from a soldier from Vietnam and say for every situation that existed, the United States Army looked like a guy from Vietnam. Not necessarily true, but not necessarily incorrect either. The officership, the structure, the organizational structure of their military and their government is surprisingly consistent in every single incarnation. The Atlantean organizational method and model has been duplicated and counterfeited and uh, approximated and replicated a hundredfold. Uh, in a hundred different empires, in a hundred different timelines, in a hundred different variations, in a hundred different nations around the world, each owes its allegiance and owes its origination to the Atlantean model of operation, both in conduct and both in organization and both in technology. And each one, like I said before, is like those soldiers that existed in the early is like those soldiers that existed in the earliest days of the Atlantis Empire. They are independent and have their separate identities and points of origin, but are equally connected in allegiance to the federal sense and thus owe themselves and their service due to obligations they create in these creations of allegiance. But they can remain unique and independent as long as they function cooperate uh, with cooperation, discipline, and uh, and um, effectiveness, like they, as long as they prove 
that their methodology is pragmatically effective that is acceptable so that each is like a, each tribe they conquer is assimilated so that like the ancient romans they were able to field massive amounts of manpower massive amounts of material massive amounts of technology and have absolute authority over areas of populations entire populations entire nations uh through the force of arms uh think about how jerusalem was occupied by rome during the time of christ's life uh you know that they're allowed to function independently as a community allowed to govern themselves but ultimately have to pay tax have to pay authority and respect to the roman uh, overlords the roman governors um this is exactly how the un operates this is exactly how nato operates this is exactly how the united states operates with its own individual states providing national guard providing um uh, the United States military for international affairs as well as the other armed forces. And that's why the armed forces are the direct descendants in our society of this Atlantis empire, of this Roman empire. And like I said, you have to think and involve with the times. It's foolish to think that they're always going to wear the same uniforms. They're always going to do the same cliche things. And they're always going to have the same cultural identifiers. Uh, when one is looking for a centurion or uh, one is looking for this metal armor and not, for example, the, the shiny officer pins on his lapel, you know, the uh, chevrons of his rank and etc. as that. But people are not choosing to see the physical. They're not choosing. Uh, people are choosing to see the physical. They're not choosing to see the intangible, the uh, the acts of behavior, the acts of expected, uh, you know, behavior and discipline and uh, regulation, adherence to um, hygiene, uh, adherence to personal philosophy, or these um, regulation of education and duty, or even um, things like FEPCOMs and. Uh, military tactics, strategic uh, thinking, logistics, etc., etc., that are all inherited from the ancient Roman model, and that every nation ultimately follows, or um, you know, is ostracized, is relegated to another. So basically, you're in or you're out. This is the big club. This is the identifiers. This is the behavior. The the proof of your allegiance is the dedication you spend to practicing and promoting and furthering and progressing the, uh, the the ideals of the organization itself. What we know is the modern military, how it's constructed, how it operates. What we know is the secret space program. What we know of the future, what we can expect from the future, is exactly that which we've learned from the past. It's exactly the example they've given us in the ancient Roman Empire in the ancient empire of Atlantis and the action of the ancient Greeks. Ultimately, the technology doesn't matter. It's incidental. It'll always progress. It'll always be adopted for its efficiency. The model of behavior, the model of disciplining the soldiers, the model of organization of the military, that is uniquely Atlantean. That is the inheritance directly from the ancient Greeks. That is the solar bull. That is the Pax uh, you know, Atlantean the atlantis empire incarnate and just the same human spirit those that you know held the legionary line are exactly the same versions of humanity uh reincarnated to hold the american uh line in all its efforts the man who held the standard of the eagle looked up to it with the exact amounts uh, of respect, the same amount of respect, the same amount of loyalty, the same amount of valor 
that uh, we as Americans currently in the year 2020 look at our eagle, look at our standard, our national bird, our phoenix rising and see it and respect it and hold loyalty to it and our, uh, you know, the deep respect and the value and the commitments and the patriotism. Same thing, same human drive, same human spirit, same human example, same human empire, same ingrained philosophy, same ingrained behavior, same education, same uh, purpose. This is how you achieve immortality. This is why I think this is so important is because the ancient mysteries are the ancient mysteries were manifested in the Atlantean Empire and the Atlantis Empire was manifested into the modern world so that what we know as America is ultimately Atlantis and what we know as the American dream and the ideology that America holds is ultimately the Atlantis ideology, the Atlantean ideology, the ancient Greek ideology and the worship of the solar bull. Now, the worship of the solar bull um, was, I think, ultimately punished by the natural, natural disasters that forced and rocked their empire to a, a, a cultural retreat. Uh, but I believe they also started adopting a worship of Isis, a worship of Isis due to their communication with Egyptians and the inclusion of Egyptian neophytes into their religion. Like I said, remember, they're, synch they're syncretists. So if they find other religious practices that are as beneficial to their existence, they will adopt them. Um, the United States military, for example, is made up of many different creeds, many different nationalities, many different ethnicities and origins, and, and now it's a melting pot. Same thing with the Atlantis Empire, same thing with the Atlantis military, same thing with the SSP. The secret space program is made up of many different cultures. It's made up of many different origins of uh, race, ethnicity, of uh, culture. You know, it's made up of a lot, it's made up of every single uh, nation and people on Earth. And um, during this type of recruitment process, like I said, it's an ever-growing thing. It's an ever-evolving thing. I believe ISIS became uh, worshipped specifically after pro-human separatists have infiltrated and established such a powerful reputation inside Atlantis, inside this new government, specifically inside Atlantis Rising, the United uh, Earth Alliance government, um, as well as Solar Warden, specifically in Solar Warden, that there is a pro-humanity, anti-reptilian slant. Now, this is very difficult to keep and adhere to when adhering to the Solar Bull cult, when adhering to the idolatries of both ISIS and the Solar Bull. I mean, the Solar Bull. But I believe that I'm, that people were seeing it wrong, that I am seeing it wrong, too generalized. Really, now that I think about it, I think that it's not a specific cult. The solar bull may be the most universal and ubiquitous, but at the same time, I believe that all mimetic religious spiritual facets and distinctions and details are inherent in the Atlantean system. It's all a part of the mystery school. It's all part of the ancient mystery religion. I think that we've divided ourselves and been only given such a small fraction of opinion to have either yes or no, for or against, yay or nay, um, you know, support or destroy, that we haven't seen the forest for the trees. We haven't seen the major 
spiritual template of enlightenment that the Atlantis Empire offers. And I believe that Christianity as we know it, as the evangelical nature of Christianity as we know it, derives much of its symbolic importance from symbols associated with the ancient mysteries and the ancient mystery religions and the ancient mystery schools. This is a good thing. I believe this is extremely positive because we should not be so zealous and extremist like our enemies uh, that we believe that things have to philosophically be so pure of origin because that's a very cartoonish and immature world. Everything is symbolic. Everything is to further the kingdom of this ancient Greek mindset of pro-humanity, of human ascension, of uh, of um, human aspiration, of loyalty to the human race and to human success, that we have become interpreters and redesigners of the galactic plan as it is, as the cosmic power structure as it is, taking advantage of um, the Orion Draco's weakness, taking advantage of their faltering empire, and asserting the anchor that will last forever, no matter what incarnation, rooting us to the positive, rooting us to the successful. So that ancient Greeks, ancient Romans, uh, future SSP, off-world colonists, space station uh, sailors, uh, off-world born generations, members of both the Black Fleet, the Dark Fleet, the Notwaffen, members of Solar Warden, members of Earth Alliance, members of the Astra High Command, are all anchored in this ideology, are anchored in this ability to understand symbols and communicate through religious and spiritual symbology, symbolism. Um, the ability to interpret and to create knowledge and meaning out of the physical sensations that they experience known as the universe. For I don't think this is something relegated to simply a war between intelligent species, a war for humanity's freedom against aliens, or ability for man to dominate the aliens. I believe this is a, a salvation of the human soul. I believe this is a salvation of the human experience, of a liberation and a defense of that which is humankind. I believe that we created these avatars, that we created these uh, symbols, these gods. They are not the interpretations of extraterrestrial royalty. They are not the Anunnaki having come to Earth to create man. These are the creations of man after we have already been created. And I know we were created by extraterrestrial influence and engineering, but these are not their creations. These are our creations. This is what they call... Um, creating something an idolatry this is what they call the idolatry the creating something that is not created from god from our interpretation of god as the extraterrestrial demiurge of the archon of the uh negative uh you know what they call it, um abalon you know i think it was the abalon right yeah that um or anomy that uh we confuse with God that we know is a negative, restrictive, imprisoning force, but we need to be liberated. We need to be risen up from our state of darkness into the Enlightenment. That's why I believe that the Enlightenment procedure of the Atlantis High Empire, the Atlantis Rising Empire, is uh, crucial to acceptance into the SSP.
Now, remember I said that they was usually considered 33 years of age with a royal bloodline until one was qualified to be initiated, and then one had to fake one's death to truly live in the secrecy, uh, in the realm of death, the shadow of death, to fully embrace the methodology, to embrace the philosophy, to enact the metaphysical in, uh, rituals necessary to save the spirit. Well, I believe that that is also true, and I believe that is deeply important to the 20-year and back uh, status of all of my generation's current SSP rememberers, current SSP survivors, current secret space program colonists and super soldiers, everyone, pilots, uh, astral warriors, stargate warriors, people who can remote view, astral project, fight on other dimensions, every single uh, engineer and specialist, everyone involved, either free or as a slave, clone or original born, um, Everyone is taken to this point in their life, the 33 years from their teenage years during this 20 year and back time loop, initiated, giving the, given the blueprints, given the education, having the black solar bowl downloaded into our heads, the Atlantis uh, core ideals downloaded into our heads through to implant or virtual reality or hypnotic suggestion uh, or Freemasonic ritual. Um, Except ancient mystery religion. This is what I call it the ancient mystery religion because it's mysterious and it's ancient and it's a religion, you know. Yeah. And but these mimetic uh, devices, these mimetic truths and programs are symbols for formula. They're symbols for much larger, more complex materials. They're they're symbolic caricatures that sound that stand for a whole a world of experiences that the initiate will undergo in the subconscious, in the astral, as well as the physical world. Then we are returned, at, this is given to us as a reward for our service, as a part of the enlisted contract, or as part of the officer contract for the SSP. Then we are delivered back to our original age with this initiation of knowledge. This is why there's efforts of uh, continued uh, obs uh, surveillance, continued observation by uh, federal and uh, government organizations, military organizations, continued um, law enforcement, for example, presences in people's lives. Um, as we age, it is still in us, but it's up to us to unlock it and to embrace it. And if we unlock it without embracing it, then we become wild cards in the system that the SSP is trying to observe the effect of this download of information, this download of symbolism, this subliminal programming, if you were, during the time loop, that when we are returned from our career as SSP uh, servicemen, as sailors in the SSP, as pilots, as airmen, um, as soldiers, as Marines, uh, we are returned uninitiated but having been in it we are turned fully initiated so we go through our life with about 20 more years of experience as an initiate than they ever have than the preceding generations because this was all an older person game this is the first generation where the archon and demiurge are having to deal with young people with the youth of a society 
uh, being initiated, being enlightened, having spiritual powers, having spiritual discipline, having spiritual potentials they can reach, having physical experiences to access in the Akashic records and the subliminal and the um, in the subconscious world, the 95% of this world's subconscious uh, collected material and knowledge in, in the form of traps, energy at such a subtle vibration as to be non-existent, but to ultimately be a ghost. It's happened to that world, that world of our ancestors communicating uh, to tap into the world of communications from astral and higher intelligent beings. Um, what I think is strange, too, is that the anchor points that they choose to build are no longer coastal cities, even though they do occupy many coastal cities, are no longer great advertised metropolitan areas, great cosmopolitan areas of travel and uh, cultural exchange of prosperity and great architectural design and, and grandeur, but top secret, deep underground military bunkers, off world, uh, I mean, offshore oceanic floating facilities like the city they're building in the UN or the fake islands they can make in Dubai, especially Dubai. Um, that was their last major city. But they're focusing on desert cities, de cities that are hard to reach in remote mountainous areas like the Atacama Desert or the deserts of the Mojave. And um, like I said, they, these people have embraced technology. Ancient Atlantis has embraced technology for 2,000 years going straight. They created the steam engine before they had outlawed slavery in ancient Greece. They have the means and the abilities to fund as well as control access to these technologies um, like one wouldn't believe because they are ultimately the organizational inheritors of the ancient Rome and with the military budget of modern America and um, the access to all of the known world, especially the oceanic and uh, remote areas of inhospitable wilderness because they have access to flight. They have had access to flight uh, since the days of Leonardo da Vinci and before that, days of Archimedes. They've had the ability to create lasers. They have the ability to create electronic generators, power plants, capacitors, uh, computer chips, robotics, the ability to create pneumatics, the ability to understand uh, aerodynamic principles, the ability to create... Um, interdimensional uh, fabric uh, ripping devices, you know, simple teleportation or the ability to uh, produce scalar weaponry. They have achieved uh, airships, which can act as airborne floating cities. Um, they, in fact, have even developed probably their own flying city. If reports are to be believed that the flying cities seen in Africa and China are not specifically Atlantis rising, but other fellow uh, you know, Ashtar city ships that are flying in the earth are Atlantis-created, ancient Greek-designed floating city ships from the time of before the fall, which is entirely possible. It is entirely possible that a small cabal of uh, a few cities, maybe a few dozen cities, that were created to fly, they were created with, um, you know, Archimedean technology and using such things as uh, concentrated solar energy and uh, wind power, as well as early, uh, you know, gunpowder efforts, etc., to power and defend themselves, as well as to achieve this type of mobility have existed on this world since their creation and total secrecy 
landing in remote areas, influencing local communities to uh, maintain their uh, population as well as uh, maintain their ability to manufacture and to fuel and fuel themselves, and thus achieving miraculous events of technology such as uh, anti-gravity devices, such as electrical-powered airships, such as rotor blade airships, such as uh, submarines, uh, oceanic-going vessels. These were oceanic people. These were people that were completely familiar with the discipline and rigors necessary to keep a fleet of ships going, sailing, and surviving uh, around the globe. So thus they were able to apply that knowledge to air travel, to uh, aircraft, and in fact um, really apply themselves in a, and stretch their engineering legs, stretch their intellect by applying methods of construction and technology that you know that no one had any oversight to that would that would inherently solidify their domination and security as a country and society these were warlike people these were a military minded people the ssp is a war institution it's a military institution it's a military organization uh first and foremost yes there's a lot of scientific research and you know civilian capabilities but like the military that creates it everything is used for the military first everything's application is military first civilian second and the deserts of the world provide them with more than enough land more than enough secrecy to construct fleets absolute fleets to uh, aid the SSP, to join the SSP that already exists, and constantly have um, even more room to expand manufacturing facilities, even more room to draft uh, potential pilots, airmen, sailors, staff, uh, officers, as well as continually um, supply successful earthly operations to keep these efforts covert, to keep these efforts concealed in local law enforcement, mainstream media, uh, popular media, uh, religious institutions, societal power institutions such as the banking institution, etc., etc. Basically, they can work the, the program from both sides. They can cover up their experience um, by removing themselves from society and by creating society that they've removed themselves from and to denying and creating the denial of it for its uh, purposes are many and its uh, means are multifaceted. It's like a, an octopus, you know, it, it has control over every single thing because it connects centrally to the Atlantis rising ideology. It connects centrally to the uh, ancient mystery religion. The SSP advanced secret programs uh, for space travel, technology, skunk works, uh, crashed or reclaimed UFOs, off-world colonizing efforts, off-world technology, dark fleet, ICC, the Earth Alliance, uh, Solar Warden, every nation that participates in these things, every nation that uh, abets them and aids them and develops for them, um, creates for them, that works for them, is working for the Atlantis uh, ideology, is working for the ancient mystery religion, is working to fulfill the ancient mystery religion, is working to make that manifest in this world and in the next, and in those off-world, and in those uh, future worlds that mankind is yet to reach. 
no matter how advanced they are, no matter how uh, technologically advanced they are and how much technologically advanced they become, they are still rooted to that original trauma, to that original uh, disaster mentality. So that natural disasters are their biggest phobia and their biggest fear, the fear of their own mortality, the fear of their own exposure, and the fear of their material being, the fear of the 3D matrix that uh, that they have to negotiate with, that they have to deal with. And the fact that they have other competition in the astral realm vying for human loyalty, vying for the human spiritual uh, essence, vying for human spirituality. Um, mankind, for a large part, is not free, is not free to accept and to join Atlantis um, in this pro-human, pro-freedom ideology, pro-liberation ideology that Atlantis offers. Um they are forced to succumb to the Orion Draco mastery, to the reptilian intellectual domination, or to other forms of enslavement, sometimes incidentally, uh, by design, by the ancient mystery religious uh, authorities, because they have been proven unworthy or to create this, the entitlement of the elite, to create the necessary um, chaos and destruction of this world to reinforce the 3D separation from truth and deception, to create the illusion itself. I'm not saying people don't get harmed by this, but I'm saying that they are destined to be captured by the system because the system was made to capture them. Um, I know this is where it starts getting negative, but the SSP is going to be hostile towards the world because the world will be hostile at first towards the SSP. When this false alien invasion occurs the hum the humans that are not aware of it the humans that are not initiated will seek to destroy them they will uh they will try to repossess the means for defense these armaments that our society has made weapons of war vehicles of war uh munitions high explosives high technology they'll try to uh, seize them by mob force and then direct them in a type of disorganized barbarian attack against the SSP as it arrives. The SSP will factor this in, choose to destroy them uh, proportionally with the high advanced technology, and thus physically assert its domination the same exact way that it physically asserted its domination as the Atlantis Empire, as the ancient Greek Empire, through the great march, to the great burning and sacking and destroying of cities and the capturing of slaves. The armies that rise up of uninitiated uh, human beings, nations that are outside the sphere of the uh, black solar bowl, people who do not worship or do not accept the black solar bowl, and other various loyal people to the Orion Draco, to other, uh, you know, ultra-terrestrial or ideological uh, persuasions and uh, powers, principalities and powers, will be attacked and uh, routed or will be enslaved to get their submission to the Atlantis rising, uh, the Atlantis uh, reincarnated uh, city, st or, yeah, global state, the global empire. Um, many people only see the surface of things. People don't see the great works underneath things, underneath the scenes. There is more behind the scenes to this than people can possibly imagine. This is not a uh, reckless action 
on the part of the SSB or the Atlantis Rise, and this is all a calculated, intelligently designed occurrence uh, due to the repossession of alien technology, securing the technological dominance of the SSB, as well as the ability to control time, see time, uh, see the quantum difference, the fluctuations of events, understand and control them, uh, wage war at a cosmic and quantum level, as well as secure uh, allies and secure allegiances from off-world assets. So ultimately it will be the nations of the world against all the colonies, all the space stations, all the fleets that have been created and put out and have already existed and it will always exist in the Astra High Command, in the Dark Fleet, in the Notwaffen as well as the Earth Alliance, as well as the Galactic UN, as well as the ICC, as well as, you know, Mars and lunar powers. And because Atlantis Rising is ultimately the, the Galactic UN. It's ultimately the uniting governing body of all human existence everywhere. So when it does make itself all makes itself known, discloses its existence to the surface world, to the world of uninitiated peoples, there will be a civil war that breaks out, and the, the SSP will win. The SSP will be victorious very quickly and very uh, defiant, decidedly so, because we only see the surface of things. We have not accepted in the mainstream, the majority has not accepted the abilities of such an empire to exist completely out of sight, completely out of public knowledge, that this empire of uh, such great ability and achievement can exist without obviously being um, the boot heel on the throat of humanity. So when it does choose to make itself known, it will be viewed as the great galactic empire of the great enemy, you know, the great Darth Vader music coming through, and, you know, they're going to be seen as the rebellion. But really, they, uh, the Atlantis Rising Empire, the ideology of the ancient Greeks, of this ancient mystery religion, is a pro-humanity, is a pro-human um, ideology. It's an independence first movement. It's a it's a you know liberty first movement for humanity. And one just has to accept that worshiping the black solar bowl is akin to worshiping the black stealth aircraft, the fighter jet, the stealth bomber, the smart bomb, the guided missile, the laser weapon, the railgun, the fully automatic rifle. Um, the high explosive, the atomic bomb, the nuclear bomb, the neutron bomb, the hydrogen bomb, that is our black solar bowl. And everyone else who's uninitiated to that is reduced to the level of a zombie, where their only violent uh, reaction is their most primitive physical form, like their physical action. It's not an enlightened, it's not an educated, it's not a disciplined uh, uh, assault that's going to occur. It's not a disciplined civil war. They're going to be eradicated, rounded up, and destroyed for the betterment of mankind because this is all part of the chaos, of the order out of chaos. This is all part of the scheme to rid the earth of the Orion Draco influence, rid the wor world of the reptilian subjugation, the reptilian domination, and if it requires the sacrifice of everyone the Orion Draco dominate, of everyone that has submitted to the Orion Draco, then the ancient mysteries, the Atlantis Rising, the SSP, the secret space program, the Solar Warden, will carry that out. They will execute that order. They will put to the torch all those uh, tares and separate them from the wheat. They will 
sacrifice them on the altar of their solar god of Mithras, of uh, Matreyu, of the, you know, enlightened Krishna avatar of the Astra High Command, for the sake of pro-human liberty, of human independence, and of human domination of the world, the human dominion of the world. And so mote it be. That's Atlantis rising. That is Atlantis. That is Isis worship. That is the black bull, a solar black bull. That is the secret space program. And that is how it all relates together. Thank you very much for taking this ride with me. Thank you very much for your viewership. I deeply appreciate it. This has been Rumors of War 1987. Thank you all very much for everyone. Please leave a like. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Share this with anyone you might think might profit from it. Uh, I appreciate all your comments. I will try to answer below. I know it's a lot to get in uh, to digest. Thank you very much for enduring and taking the ride with me and educating yourself. Um, peace out, guys. God bless you. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Thank you very much. This is Rumors of War 1987. God bless you all.
Greetings out there in dreamland. This is Rumors of War 1987. Thank you very much for your viewership and thank you for liking, subscribing, if you haven't already, and your considerations to support me and help me thrive in this environment of uh, genre-specific content creation. Uh, thank you very much for allowing me to be an independent journalist and a military watchdog as well as an educator and enlightener of the masses, or at least I'm trying to be with these videos pertaining to the secret space program, the super soldier program, my labs, alien abduction, intergalactic warfare, alien uh, governments, as well as uh, its effects on the human spiritual identity, the ascendancy of our vibrational densities and our intradimensional uh, metamorphosis to god beings from the material 3D matrix and eventual escape into uh, godhood ourselves. Uh, this is not just a mere conspiracy theory site. This is not uh, another voice in the crowd when it comes to reading creepypastas or LARPing about photoshops or... Um, you know, drooling over uh, recent viral videos pertaining to UFOs and Bigfoot and uh, etc. This is not just something to merely debate the existence of the paranormal, but to uh, establish it as... And I totally embrace the effort it that takes to even accomplish the simplest of these videos and connect the dots and do a uh, see through the trappings of our modern culture. Today, I was going to speak about the artificiality of the world we live in, uh, even more than I already have in the matrix of the news, matrix of movies, matrix of uh, pop culture, and how that's entrapment and how that's uh, getting people distracted and focused on learning encyclopedic volumes of information on the most meaningless and senseless topics rather than focusing on true technological uh, knowledge, expertise, mastery of global, you know, and local international politics, human history, human nature, when it comes to the truth of human nature, as well as the um, cosmic factors that are ultimately known as universal laws or laws of nature. And then I thought, well, maybe that's even an overstatement. Maybe that I should talk about how itself is a is an Ouroboros, the pop culture matrix itself is something that uh, establishes and derives the authority and then propagates its authority through the acts of authority and through the intrusion of the everyday life, the everyday uh, sensory overload that we call uh, life as individual participants in a solipsistic nightmare that is the billions and billions of human beings all dreaming at once and all creating the universe at once. And how it's similar to how the old world had religions and the old ancient world had um, faiths and creeds and political ideologies and monarchies and aristocratic families. And now we have um, the ideas of the elite uh, being occultists and that these uh, specific uh, branches of power, be they upper echelon militaries or uh, military industrialist uh, manufacturers of technology or elected officials or members of the financial and industrial elite, scientific elite, that their belief systems and their practices 
are being put on ever more public displays to uh, reinforce the mimetic understanding of the ancient mysteries and how its uh, influence in our reality is supreme and how we are basically just subservient to the servants of uh, these powers, these dark fallen forces, these uh, supernatural entities, uh, interdimensional entities, and beings that we would call extraterrestrial or alien or ultra-terrestrial. But really, um, it becomes an issue of mimetic uh, mastery, understanding, and delving of resources into the expertise and gathering expertise on these symbols. And that is just reinforcing and recreating the, uh, the conditions for slavery, the conditions for mind rape, even though it might be a voluntary experience to be raped, to be mentally raped by these mimetic programs, to assume that we have some kind of mastery, but really we're allowing this galactic power, this extra off-world power, and this race to uh, enter our lives and enter our biosphere, enter our uh, mental, spiritual sphere. And the impact is just as if though a comet or an asteroid or Nibiru would smash into Earth. I mean, everything that constitutes your individuality and personality and persona and culture and uh, mannerisms, all that, the the hypnotic programming that one receives between the ages of one and seven, um, that would be completely ripped asunder and replaced with the overwhelming power of this mimetic uh, mental device, of this this mimetic uh, mental control. And really, it shouldn't come as a surprise. It shouldn't come as a shock because everyone was willing to admit, for example, say the black cube Saturn cult, the Saturnic cult, this Kronos cult, uh, exists and runs all manifestations of our reality and has many avatars and servants. It's basically like the king in yellow and... um, dread uh callisto um the lovecraftian story of narlotep the this mad pharaonic uh power that also manifested itself as an avatar in the version of a black goat black goat and was often known as the black goat of the woods uh given that it's most obvious uh, cultic uh, worshippers are satanic in nature and often worship uh, the natural element of the green man or pan or um, you know induce their secret societies induce their authoritarian uh, secret brotherhoods and orders of uh, of prestige and control and eliteness into uh, Samael type hunting cults into um, orgiastic uh, secret societies based on anonymity and natural like desires and powers and lusts. Very forest-centered sometimes. Uh, cultic rune worshippers, Celts, uh, pagans, ball worshippers. Uh, basically any variety of Canaanite as well as Saturnite. Specifically a Saturnine uh, philosophy. And they're not weak because they're forced onto the fringes of society or because they choose to be on the fringes because the elite uh, understand that limitation to access of the ancient mysteries produces prestige and produces power and uh, respects to 
personal confidence and projected auras of control and manipulation of the environment around you and of others' wills. And it increases the vamp, as long as there's accompanied vampirism and a consumption of adrenochrome, uh, the worship of the ancient mysteries or of uh, spirit of Ra or Toth, uh, hermeticism, uh, allows one to have an advantage in the playing field of this 3D matrix and thus allows one to gain advantage because one can better uh, suit the desires and serve out this, what you would call master uh, in the form of time and the manifesting of the of the entropic, ent uh, entropy-reliant spirituality and spiritual uh, philosophies of this intergalactic order, this intergalactic power. I believe the Ashtar High Command, that the Greys, that the Orion Draco have all come upon the same conclusion. I believe that it's their framework as well as the Notwaffen, as well as the Dark Fleet and their real practitioners. Um, it's their philosophy because it is a philosophy of something else, something great and other and uh, primordial, uh, ancient before all these intelligent species to ex uh, have existed something that might have been in prison during an earlier epoch or cyclic um, existence of a previous universe maybe something that existed in all states of the universe including our own but in further imprisoned and increasingly um, remote and removed um uh, uh, influences and abilities to influence the world around it thus they're hoping for a return a eventual return a cyclical approach to this existence and to nature um and hopefully a diminishing of mankind's ultimate uh, destiny at least a diminishing of our individual ascendancy as well as collective ascendancy as a species into higher dimensional, higher vibrational realms. Um, I know it sounds counterintuitive that the rulers of a world, the rulers of the galaxy, the rulers of the solar system, um, such as the Ashtar or such as the Orion Draco or even the Earth Alliance and Atlantis, um, you know, and, and the solar warden factors, uh, want to ultimately keep mankind repressed, ultimately want to keep mankind suppressed because um, there's only a finite amount of material resource, even though it's post-sustainment, even though it's uh, it's post-scarcity uh, and that there's so much wealth and uh, resource and beneficial uh, cooperation available. They know that the laws of nature ultimately dictate every creature and every species, and that is one of um, uh, balance or extermination or extinction. They want to uh, hammer into the idea that beauty is temporary, but it's only beauty because it sustains itself on the backs of suffering, on the labors of those that have suffered, the blood of others, the sacrifice of others. If we think about the, the terminology, freedom isn't free, that is the ultimate mimetic uh, shaming device because it states that um, that everything has to be bought with an equivalency, with an equivalency of sacrifice and a blood and as a Gnostic Christian myself, I understand that there's a very important symbolic uh, resonance with the crucifixion and with the sacrifice of Christ and 
the purchase of humanity with his blood and the destruction of him as personified sin um, and taking the place of us as a species for and taking the punishment that we had uh, earned for our karma. But I believe this um, respect, this sensitivity, this vulnerability towards the uh, issue of sacrifice, to the ideology of sacrifice, is going to become their weapon, their tactic, and their strategy when disclosure occurs, when uh, the announcement of the Ashtar High Command, or when the Orion Draco, or when the Greys uh, volunteer for their disclosure or force disclosure upon us as a species, they know that that will open the floodgate, that will open the... Uh, the highway to ascendancy and to vibrational uh, independence and to our achievement of our destiny. But they also know that it'll cause great social chaos and it'll be the uh, destruction of a lot of the previous incarnated, currently incarnated political systems and uh, systems of belief and social programming. It'll revolutionize and radicalize every element of society. And they understand this and it'll be kind of a psychic awakening. It'll be a psychic, a psychic birth. But they will try to, for example, uh, cause a mass EMP effect on the Earth, uh, destroying our ability to have power. We would have to invent everything from square one, which we could easily do and do so freely. But they want to make it like a great traumatic social shock. So don't feel shocked or sad that society is crumbling down. We need to find inspiration in all of God's creatures and all of God's nat uh, natural uh, creations because the ecosystems from the microscopic to the very macroscopic all exist in equilibrium with God's will and all exist preserved by God's mercy. Um, they want to make you think that these predators have to struggle to survive and that they're going extinct through their unfairness and cruelty and nature is cruel, but the, uh, you know, intelligence, the power, the elite, the aristocracy is kind and how terrible it will be to go back to a state of anarchy, to go back to a state of natural law, of natural rule. They want to keep you in the matrix. They want to keep you in the Babylonian wheel of destruction, the Shiva, the Shivic uh, real wheel of uh, death and rebirth, the karmic life cycle. They want you to keep walking into the light, too traumatized to face judgment and face reality and face the truth and face the beauty that comes after the truth, that comes with the truth. They want you to uh, confuse beauty with disguise, with makeup, with costume. They want, it, they want you to view beauty as something only attainable by gods and the gods of Earth, which will become these lowercase g gods, the Ashtar, the Orion, and the Draco. Uh, imagine how the, mass, uh, the masses are going to react uh, to the awe-inspiring physical beauty and prowess and strength and the intellect of these three alien species and how quickly they will abandon and, uh, and forsake that which is human and that which uh, God has ordained to be human and to be of his own image. Um, like I said, they don't want you to see the face of humanity. They want you to see the back of humanity. They don't want you to see the glory of humanity. They want you to feel like the glory of humanity's uh, cast you aside or, or just um, disowned you or divorced you. That's the ultimate feeling they want to install in you as uh, practitioners of this Cathonic, uh, satanic, uh, black cube uh, matrix of life and death and absolutes and ultimately uh, 3D matrix type prison, carbon type prison, 666. 
uh, type B system is they want you to think beauty is an illusion or beauty is something only available uh, from the outside. It's inorganic that you yourself are isolated and powerless and uh, at such a minute and minuscule scale as to not uh, be able to change or access the will of God or the nature of God or God's miracles or God's uh, divinity. Early Christianity, early Catholicism even now, uh, Islamic practice, uh, Hindu practice, Buddhist practice are all in ultimate ways uh, worship of the black cube system of the Saturnic uh, 3D matrix system because they derive their power from withholding uh, the uh, notion of salvation, withholding the pathway to salvation, and keeping these mysteries, keeping these ancient mysteries, um, the the property and the vestige of power and uh, control. Um, now, the powers, the relation between that belief, uh, occultic practice, belief, and uh, karmic vibrational like resonance, like this type of spiritual resonance, because it calls down certain persona, certain um, powers, universal entities, higher dimensional entities that can possess and create a zeitgeist of a time, can create the spirit of an era, can create the heart and mind of a people uh, create the, the the nature of a decade or a century uh, the more power they are called the more fervently they are worshipped the more fervently they are given idols and altars and uh, and the powers of human faith and uh, the power of real the power of organ channeling because there's no limits to the practices of uh, the aristocratic and the elite there's no limit to how uh, well that they can advertise and broadcast and recruit for these efforts and the extreme lengths they'll go to to get the uh, maximum amount of spiritual uh, power and broadcasting focus to channel even more uh, of these entities, even more of these spirits than even one who's a lifetime practitioner of uh, the occult, such as myself, would even imagine possible because they're using... Uh, human ceremony, human constructive power, and human psychic energy to attract aliens. They're attracting uh, the psychic ambassadors of the Ashtar High Command, the Galactic Light Fe Federation, I've heard them called. Uh, and these, these creatures, these intelligent species, are communicating with them. And they're using these communications to uh, create these uh, Saturnic agendas because that is you know it's the self-propagating matrix system of belief of the black cube and all the associated information regarding intelligent life is going to uh, come at a sense of um of fear mongering of creation of a very negative impression and at the same time uh, requiring a, a heavy sacrifice requiring a great act of violence a great initiation of change either a meteor impact or a great natural disaster such as a volcanic eruption or a global volcanic uh, winter or uh, destabilization of our magnetosphere, the approach of Nibiru or some other kind of uh, cosmic power, maybe even an alien invasion or an invasion from creatures evolved deep in our ocean. And the ultimate, uh, ultimate uh, purpose is to create an extremely negative hostile image of the space around the earth the off-world experience to create fear and paranoia 
the likes the Cold War only alluded to was only a uh, a uh, hint of only a fraction of the total extent that mankind is going to be plunged into paranoia and fear and nihilism because ultimately they want a spirit of nihilism they want a spirit of nihilism and a love of destruction a love of violence a love of the uh, obscene and the love of the shocking because they want people to channel their aggression into worship they want people to channel their lusts into worship they want people to channel um their orgone and their vril and the orgone and the vril and the aggression the the hostility the uh agro um aggressiveness the carnal uh type of um rape initiation they want that because that is what you know is louche that is what adds up to louche um the Orion Draco feed off Loosh. The Greys utilize Loosh to try to uh, recreate the effects of having a soul. To try to get high off of it that way. Um, the Astra High Command uh, use it to um, because that's the food of the gods. That's the that's the ambrosia of the gods. Is um, the carnal awakening, the virginal initiation into uh, the world of orgasm and full bodied. Uh, tantric type practices and it's not relegated to just the most wild and extravagant and fringe and eccentric it's initiated into the very heart of what we consider mainstream society as well as uh, mainstream humanity um, what you consider unoffensive is really the ultimate uh, co-option and creation of a weapon creation of the spy creation of the red sparrow as it were because these figures, the idea of wholesomeness, the idea of the American, uh, the Americana, the domestic uh, security and bliss, that was created by real human beings. That was created by individuals who were not doing it to satisfy um, crowds of strangers, not doing it to uh, satisfy the requirements to make millions of dollars or to create monopolies on uh, popular music across the world while fitting into certain parameters of inoffensiveness and acceptability to become like a Disney-type idol or star, that was done to be right with God, the Creator, be right with what we know as the human Savior, Jesus Christ, and to be, uh, you know, better people socially and culturally to uplift and to improve our social lot, to rise in the ranking from the powerless to the powerful, to mm. age from a child into an adult. Today, the idea is that the children have the spiritual high ground, That because this is a part of nihilism, this is a part of what they're trying to push. See, it's a holistic approach, it's a holistic warfare methodology, a psychological warfare strategy where they are converting the everyday nuclear family and everyday member of society, man, woman, child, uh, elderly to the very young because the image is all the creation of this occultic practice all the creation of the saturnic practice like i saw that you saw that chart the saturn uh, saturn worship takes many many forms from the political to the recreational to the uh, hedonistic to the conservative from the impoverished to the very rich from the uh different global uh 
uh, you know, parts of the world, from global neighborhoods, on every continent, uh, in every tribe, every person, every creed, you find Saturn worship. And yes, ultimately, it's an empire. It's the empire ideology, the same as you call Western uh, beauty ideals or Western standards, and how imperialism used to be done at the end of a gun, at the end of a rifle, at the end of a musket, at the end of a cannon, at the end of a sail ship of, uh, warship. Same aggression, same hostility, same violence, same requirement for blood sacrifice to accomplish uh, ultimately spiritual goals, spiritual ends. And these ends are cannot coexist with others. They can only dominate and co-opt. And uh, basically, they are replacing our memories. They are replacing uh, and becoming our nostalgia. They are becoming our heart. They are becoming our memories because we're participating so heavily in adopting them and accepting this world. It's all we're leaving behind, and it's all we have to look forward to. Or an, is an endless participation in the cycle of life and death, the Shivic dance, the dance that rules uh, this world and the, all worlds in it, as the Black Cube Matrix, the Ashtar High Command, the Orion Draco, the Greys, all are servants to it, all participate in the wheel of uh, creation and destruction, all are different uh, governors in this 3D hell this 3d matrix hell and are seeking to escape to higher density realms and they are going to sacrifice us they don't mind if they have to if they can they will but ultimately they're going to or uh or or adorn us uh initiate us and um and uh, uh you know acculturate the human species into the saturn cult into the full uh worship of the black cube matrix and therein lies the issue I have with um, this disclosure movement, and that it's going to have to be a call for an uprising. It's going to have to be a call for a spiritual war, a war of ascendancy, a war of um, independence, a war of our mental and spiritual liberation from the black cube matrix, from this false reality. This has been Rumors of War, 1987. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you very much for taking this ride with me and getting educated on um, how we have to uh, avoid and brave um, nihilism and how we have to uh, really work on our spiritual ascendancy, really work on our self-mastery, really work on discipline because our victory lies in our mastery of ourselves and our hearts and a reclamation of our own salvation and the acknowledgement that our victory is already accomplished, that we have won before the battle has begun. This is Rumors of War, 1987. Thank you very much. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Consider liking, subscribing, leaving a comment. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. God bless you.